You think uh, Will Brooks is going to find a way to lose tonight? No. <sighs> Which he is known for, Shaq. And yes, he's fighting an old fuck. <laughs> Wasn't he fighting an old fuck last fight, too? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, is this thing on? Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host, Shaq. We're going to be talking UFC Singapore, Cowboy versus Edwards, and Shaq is going down Friday at uh, 3 a.m., basically Saturday morning, and uh, we have to stay up late, but uh, it's always worth staying up late when you can make some money, isn't it? Isn't that right? Yeah, man, we got to, or you can just wake up to get that cake up, you know, like they say, early bird gets the worm, but in this case, it's uh, early bird gets the cash, so UFC Singapore this weekend, uh, and you already know what time it is. Yeah, I do know what time it is. It's uh, Max Bet season. It's been Max Bet season for the last however many weeks, and uh, it's all been working out, and it's going to continue working out this weekend. You know, obviously, for everyone interested in that month package, still running that same promotion, go ahead and get it. You get the next five events with that month package. We're talking Singapore all the way to UFC Hamburg. Or you just want to fuck with that 15% off any package, use the promo code ROCKSTAR. And uh, let's do this card from start to finish, Shaq, because first up in the flyweight division, we got Olka Sasaki. He's minus 280. The comeback on Janelle allows us plus 240. Now, last time Sasaki was supposed to fight, he was going to take on Bibulatov, and it got canceled the day of. But Bibu- S- Magomed went running. <laughs> he <laughs> pushed S- out. <laughs> but Sasaki's been training with uh, Sarah Longo. You think that's going to make a difference in this game? I think it is, man. You know, I think Sasaki's one of these guys that, you know... You know, he does have a certain ceiling, which is, you know, top 25, but I think he's had a tough road. I mean, he's seen what the high level is. He's He's been in there with Formiga. He's been in there, and I thought he showed improvements on the feet before he got tapped out, of course, but he's seen what, uh you know, Wilson Hayes is like. You know what I'm saying? He's seen what the upper echelon of the 125 division is, and Laza, you know, he's, of course, he's got a puncher's chance, but he's what we like to refer to as a jobber. You know what I'm saying? His math skills are lacking in every, you know, sense of the imagination. I mean, you saw that takedown that Shelton took him down with. I mean, that was that was, ugly. The, that was one of the most far out takedown attempts I've ever seen in my entire when I say like he shot it from like halfway across the cage you know what I'm saying Even, and still and still got what's it. the name of his coach Pete Spratt yeah, Pete Even my Spratt. boy Pete Spratt was like, bro, yeah, why are you shooting so, so far out? Bro, that was from so far out. But anyways, you know what I'm saying? I just think Sasaki has a big advantage on the mat here. I think the length on the feet is uh, going to give uh, Laos of problems, but I think any grappling situation benefits Sasaki here. And I actually think he gets a, a finisher, naked choke. He's dealt with this type of matchup before with the hard hitter. You know, when he fought Willie Whoop-Ass Gates, you know, he had to, you know, stay calm. And I mean... The guy's been in there with Lapilus, uh, I mean, high-level guys. And Lauza, Isa. You know what I'm saying? Lauza's what we like to refer to as a jobber. So I got Sasaki by finish. Yeah, look, I mean, my boy Lauza will probably smoke everyone on the Filipino regional scene, but when it comes time to stepping up into the big show, uh, it, it probably ain't going to go his way. You know, he might beat one or two guys. I don't think Sasaki is one of those guys, but look, Sasaki finds a way to drop the ball a lot. And, but the thing is, he's gotten more mature with time, you know, because I thought... I mean, you seen uh, his uh, UFC L's? You seen that Issa fight when he was like a minus five hundred favorite? Oh well, yeah, Leandro Issa. But the thing is, I mean, uh, what about our fight with Justin Scoggins? You know what I'm saying? That's true. He, he did uh, find a way to win there. He right? found a way to win there. What's he's his UFC bigger. record? Like three and five? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but when you're in there with Hayes, when you're in there with fucking Formiga, you know, top ten guys that would fucking strangle Lauza like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> strangle Sasaki like that too. Not my boy Wilson though. <laughs> but uh, look, man, I mean Sasaki, very very tough guy. Now he's tougher now than he was when he first came into the UFC. I'll tell you that much because when he fought Rolando or uh, Roland Delorme, I was like, oh yeah, now I got to bet him against Issa, and uh, that was a terrible uh, choice, you know, because uh, Issa went out there and smoked him, and 
you know, obviously the Lapalus fight, but since then, uh, he's been putting in work. He's he's just a kid. He's really young, so I expect him to make improvements, and uh, we'll see if he comes out here and is able to potentially get a submission over Janelle Lauza, who, you know, Janelle Lauza, he's got some hands, but, you know, he doesn't have the full MMA package. I mean, he, lo he lost a decision to Eric Shelton. Grab a leg. <laughs> <laughs> Go dive on that leg. And speaking of diving on legs... We got Naoki Inoue. He's minus 185. The comeback on Matt Schnell is plus 160. Now, a lot of people make comments about Matt Schnell's chin. Naoki Inoue has never won a fight via knockout. There's always a first for everything. Will be will this be uh, Inoue's first KOM? I mean, you know, firstly, you know, Inoue is a fraud. But this is a good, you know, case of is this the it's the right idea? But is this the right guy? Is this the right time to to uh, go ahead and fade the you know the little jab fraud? But uh. In a way, I mean, I don't think he's a jobber by any means. I think, uh, you know, down the line, his uh, his finished product is, you know, a long-rangey striker. And, you know, I think he's going to cut down on that little reversal shit. The thing is, I think he could afford to get away with it when he's fighting, you know, a jobber like Day Thomas. But I can't lie. I mean, he dominated that fight. And uh, Schnell, you know, Schnell, I actually had high high hopes for it back in the day. Um but my boy Schnell's chin is uh, <laughs> my boy Schnell's chin. I mean, look, I think he's a better fighter than Inoue early for sure. I think you know early the movement, just his you know tenacity, his power, the even his even his mat game on the mat. You know his reversals, uh, his triangle attempts. You know even on bottom, he's no slouch. You know what I'm saying? So it's a matter. The thing with Schnell is you know the longer the fight goes, he tends to lose focus. He tends to get a little tired, and then that's when his chin gets caught. And, I mean, you know, the Hector Sandoval fight, how can that not be alarming? I mean, I know Hector Sandoval is a, a stocky, powerful guy, but that ground and pound, I mean, uh, that was some, that was, it was soft, man. I mean, we can't lie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, just put it this way. Uh, not too many other flyweights would have went out to that. You know what I'm saying? So... It's a, it's a matter of if Schnell can, you know, stay composed and calm, which he did in his last fight against Marco Beltran for three rounds. He ate some of those same shots like how he did against Rob Front, like the front kick. And, uh, you know, he stayed composed. But Marco Beltran's lost half his fights, you know what I'm saying? This guy's won all his fights. So, you know, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm take the upside. I'm going to take Schnell. I think, in a way, is a fraud. I think, uh, you know, he's... I think he's almost like a, a strawweight in a sense, you know what I'm saying? I think uh, Schnell's got a big power advantage, but it wouldn't shock me to see Inoue catch him in the late rounds, you know what I'm saying? Just because he doesn't have a knockout doesn't mean he can't uh, touch that uh, touch that Schnell chin, you know what I'm saying? So, But I think uh, Schnell lands the more effective shots throughout the three-round process. I think he does get dropped, but I think he stays calm, you know, show that uh, shows that he is, you know, Getting a little more composed in there, so I'm going to take Schnell by a uh, split decision on Asian turf. Yeah, luckily for Schnell, he doesn't have to fight Robbie Font anymore, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now he can actually come out here and uh, fight a cupcake. The question is, is he going to actually be able to put this cupcake away? Because, I mean, if Schnell had a chin, this would be a max bet, but uh, he doesn't have a chin, so therefore it's not a max bet. Uh, but the thing is, you know, there is value at that plus 160. It opened much lower for a reason. It's just about... Can you trust this guy? I mean, he can be dominating the whole fight and, you know, a little uh, a little kiss on the cheek and he's out cold, you know what I'm saying? So it's, uh, it's very tough to... Let's put it this way. He's been uncon unconscious three out of his five total U uh, UFC fights, including tough. Yeah. Well, three of the last times he's been inside an octagon. <laughs> <laughs> he went unconscious against uh, Elliot, went unconscious against Font, which is... Oh, we'll excuse him from that one. And then uh, we're... We, we really won't, but fucking, uh, and then the last one, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but the thing with Naoki anyway, it's he fought a bunch of guys on the Japanese regional scene, and then the one non-Japanese guy he fought was Carl John de Tomas, who's absolutely terrible. So 
this is actually a step up for Inoue, but he might still be able to pull something off because Chanel, you know, he just can't take a punch anymore. But that said, man, I think Chanel's better everywhere. If he had a chin, you know, it would be a it would be a big bet, but he doesn't have a chin, so you know, you can't create factors that don't exist. So I'm gonna go with Chanel for the upset here. And next up in the women's strawweight division, we got Viviane Pereira. She's minus one seventy-five. The comeback on Yan Zonan is plus one fifty-five now. Viviane Pereira ain't fighting uh, Tatiana Suarez anymore, but Yan Zonan ain't fighting Kylan Kern anymore. This is actually a very good matchup between two strikers. And uh, who you give the edge to, man? Yeah, you know, Viviani, I'm high on her. I'm high on Yan Zonan as well. Yan Zonan came through for its big against Kylan Kern. We all told you this is your last chance to fade Kylan. And uh, it was the last chance to fade Kylan. And when you got a girl like Yan with that type of power, that tenacity, the side the, the side kicks to the head, the straight twos down the middle, you know what I'm saying? I mean, she's a vicious girl. I don't care if she's uh, Chinese or whatever. Viviani, you know, she's the typical Brazilian, uh, you know, Brazilian bruiser. You know what I'm saying? She likes to stay calm, you know, hands up tight and, you know, when she's fighting uh, Valerie Letourneau, who almost died making weight, you know, the day before, you know, I expect you to win those fights. Valerie just quit in the UFC cage before. You remember that uh, Joanne Calderwood fight? Oh, you mean the fight where she brought her dog to the wins? <laughs> you know, I just think the mental state of Valerie at the time was... But Prasa Viviani for winning in the Jamie Moyle fight, that's a tailor-made matchup. You know what happens when uh, Brazilians fight uh, low, lower-level wrestlers, unlike Tatiana, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like Jamie Moyle, they bruise them up and they beat their ass. So that's exactly what happened. So I expect her to win those fights. Tatiana... No shame in that at all, you know what I'm saying? Hey, she's the only girl to go three with Tatiana. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, if you watch that fight, Vimiani was fucking her up, like, in the boxing exchanges. Like, Tatiana's got no hands. It's just Tatiana's mad game's just too strong, you know? And uh, Viviani stayed, you know, conscious for all three rounds. She didn't get topped out like Grasso. So I, I hold Viviani in great regards, but I think every now and then you get a, a, a big-time prospect, and I think Yan Zonan's that big-time prospect. I just think the striking advantage, I think Viviani's too slow. I think uh, she doesn't move her head. I think the sidekick to the head's going to be available, all the straight punches down the middle, and I think she's going to be able to get off to a very good lead in this fight. You know what I'm saying? Don't be shocked when she wobbles or drops her in that first round. And uh, I think uh, she's good enough to stuff the takedowns, even though people say, oh, she got taken down by a one-and-six fighter, Kylan Curran. Kylan Curran's taken down all of her uh, UFC opponents besides two. And Kylan Curran, although she, you know, does lose a lot. Kylan Kern has good physical skills. She is a skilled fighter. It's just brain-wise, you know what I'm saying? She doesn't get it up here. She's like a Beck Rowling. So I think uh, it's a good, you know, template to see where Yan Zonan has, is in the clinch. She got up both times that she uh, that her back hit the mat. Both times she got up and went right back to butchering her opponent on the feet. So I'm going to take Yan Zonan for the upset. Yeah, I think I'm with you on this one. You know, it's interesting because originally it was supposed to be a different matchup between uh, oh, man. Yan Zonan and Nadia Kasim, and that would have been... Uh, <laughs> That might have been our first ever 10-unit uh, play, but, you know, unfortunately the matchup changed and you just got to roll with the punches. And, you know, I still like Yan in this spot, but it's different. You know, it's you know when we were talking 10-unit season against Nadia, that's different than here against Vivian, who's, you know, a very tough competitor. Vivian's 13-1, and one, and uh, I got a lot of respect for Vivian. The thing that a lot of people have been saying in their breakdowns is that, you know, Vivian's going to come out here with some grappling-heavy approach, but it's like, have you watched her fight? She doesn't shoot for takedowns, and the one takedown she did get in the UFC against Valerie, she let her back up because Vivian wants to strike. Vivian's a striker. The two fights she's won by submission are off her back. That means that someone took her down in order for her to initiate, uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, the finish with that armbar. So... I don't see Yan Zonan taking her down. I see Yan Zonan uh, fighting her on the feet, giving her the fight she wants. And one of the things we said about Yan Zonan in the Kylan Curran breakdown is that Yan's probably going to knock a lot of chicks out because she's got serious power with that right hand. Obviously, the sidekicks to the face. 
And she did drop Kylan Kern, but we know about that Hawaiian chin. Those Hawaiians can take serious punishment. And I'm also aware that Kylan Kern took her down, but Kylan Kern has taken down five of her seven UFC opponents. The thing with Kylan Kern is she doesn't win fights, but she's got good moments in, in, yeah. in all her fights, you know, except the Felice one, which it is what it is. So that being said, I see Yan and Viviane having a very exciting pocket striking fight, and I see uh, Yan getting the better of those exchanges. So I'm going to go with Yan Zonan for the upset. Next up in the welterweight division, we got Jake Matthews. He's minus 500. The comeback on Shinsho Anzai is plus 400. Now, Shaq, I know uh, Jake Matthews went out there and beat Li Jingliang in his last fight. So a lot of people are under the assumption that Jake finally put it together. Now the question is, uh, did he really put it together? <laughs> you know, he might have put it together for a couple fights, but trust me, it'll come back out. You know, Jake did. Uh, we uh, we lost on that fight with uh, him and Lee Jingliang. You know, we bet on Lee Jingliang, and Jake, uh, you know, ruined our plans. You know, Jake uh, did get a little better. Um, he definitely seems like he grew into his body a little bit. He seems like he's a little more comfortable trading punches. But this scenario kind of reminds me of Sage. And Quinones, and then his next fight with Sage and um, Gaudi. You know what I'm saying? Is because uh, when Shinjo comes out here and uh, cracks him on the chin, is he uh, gonna go to instant instant wrestling mode? And you know, and uh, you know, it's tough to wrestle against Shinjo, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Shinjo's a very uh, good tie-up artist, even though he's old and he's on the tail end of his career. He's got the heart. He likes to move forward. And his doctor is very good uh, oh, yeah. over there in Asia. His tie-ups are serious. I thought his fight with Luke Jumo was a lot closer than the fights indicated. Um, you know, I think. Uh, the openings are definitely going to be there for Matthews. I think Matthews is definitely, you know, a powerful, more powerful wrestler, more powerful puncher, more agile. This thing is, Shinzo's, Shinzo's going to put pressure on him, you know what I'm saying? Shinzo moves forward. I mean, you saw his fight with Alberto Mina. I mean, Shinzo... That's a war. Shinzo really doesn't give a fuck, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, I think it's going to be a good fight. I do think Matthews is going to pull it out by, you know, any means, whether it's a finish or a decision. I just think he's too athletically gifted across the board. I think uh, Shinzo's not really... A one-punch knockout threat to really put the fear in Jake, you know, with his chin and all, because we do know Jake does uh, not like to get hit. Even though he was calling Lee Jing Leong on, like, they were trading in the pocket, and he was telling Lee to, telling Lee, but we know my boy uh, Lee's damage meter, I guess, was getting a little up there, so I'm going to take Matthews. You know, it's funny. It's like uh, if Lee, you know, if he had a better chin, kind of like we were talking about with Schnell, <laughs> and if he didn't get dropped by every single thing that touched him, uh, he might have actually came out there and won that fight, but it was what it was. With Jake Matthews, look, man, he's definitely the physical specimen in this matchup. He's definitely the younger guy. He's definitely the more athletic guy. He's a minus 500 favorite for a reason. If Shinsho is somehow able to weather the storm and make it a tough fight where Jake has to get back up from bottom and Jake has to actually work, that would be Shinsho's path to victory. So I do understand people taking a shot at plus 400 just to see, you know, is this uh, pussy Jake Matthews going to quit again? You <laughs> is know? he going to resort back to his old ways? <laughs> because uh, like you said with Sage Northcutt, that's a perfect example. You know, he comes out there, he's got this impressive performance against uh, Kinones, and then he goes out there. We, we think, oh, Sage finally put it together. Then he goes out there with Goody, and, uh, you know, they have to – totally lie about the fight <laughs> metric stats and act like Goody only landed 13 strikes when really Goody dropped him three times and took him down 11 times. So, you know, I, I, they might make up some stats in this fight too. I'm, I'm going to go with Jake. You know, they'll find a way to give Jake this victory. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, Jake's a big favorite for a reason. Now, next up, we got Keenan Song. He's minus 270. The comeback on Hector Aldana is plus 230. Now, you know uh, Hector Aldana, you know he's only had three or four pro fights, Shaq? 
Yeah, Hector Aldana, I mean, he's super undeveloped. The thing is, I feel like Hector might have an advantage in the heart department. Hector's a Mexican warrior, even though he's a jobber and, you know, he got tapped out by Enrique Marine, the guy that lost to Sage North back <laughs> in 55. He got tapped out in the first round. You know, his fight with Alvaro Herrera, who is another jobber, uh, you know, I mean, he put it on Alvaro. He beat Alvaro's ass, but, you know, that's sloppy... Uh, Slappy uh, Mexican fine. Those Mexicans are warriors, and they uh, they move forward. So, but we've seen Keenan Song quit before on the local scene. You know what I'm saying? You know he got he lost <laughs> two fights in a row before he got that UFC I've call. They were trying to get Bobby Nash an easy win. I've seen him wilt to Russians. I've seen Bobby's him. chin just can't yeah, take it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, Song's definitely the better fighter across the board. Uh, like I said, Aldana is super undeveloped. He hasn't fought in like three three years and some change, you know what I'm saying? So, but the thing is... How do you still keep his spot on the roster? Because, yeah, the Alvaro fight. The Alvaro fight was amazing. Like, he just put on... He got his ass beat the first round. You go blood and guts for the UFC. Yeah, blood and guts. He he shed blood for them on that canvas. So, they said, "Uh, Hector, you'll be back. And uh, he's getting his chance. So, but yeah, um, I think if Hector can, like, make it, you know, I think there's a possibility where Mike Keenan might be in for a surprise. You know, when you got these young guys that are from, like... Like, for example, Claudio Puelas and Felipe Silva. We haven't seen Claudio in how long, you know what I'm saying? We don't know what we're going to get. Even though he's still a bum and he's still a jobber, you know, he had a, he had a couple new things, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, Song Kinnan might be in for a surprise. I think he'll be in for a little surprise. I think Hector's going to, you know, show up a little better, but I don't think it's going to matter. I think uh, Song Kinnan will, you know, pull out the victory. But I do think there's going to be a couple hairy moments. I mean, look, anytime you got a... Uh... You know, a matchup like this with a Mexican warrior coming all the way to Asia. He didn't travel 13 hours. He's coming to die. To just come take an L <laughs> real quick. He's definitely trying to get into a fight. But I think that Keenan Song is probably too experienced for him. And I know we saw Keenan, uh, you know, do a, do a little quick job to that body <laughs> shot. His fight before his UFC debut. But, uh, look, man, the guy's way more experienced than, than Hector. And not only that, not only is Hector only got three or four pro fights, but he's coming off that long-ass layoff. I'm sure he's gotten better, but once you actually you know, put your feet down inside the UFC's octagon, you feel that canvas yeah. again, and you got the jet lag. I just think he's got a lot of factors going against him here. So for that reason, I'm going to pick Keenan Song to get the victory as a favorite here. Now next up in the UFC featherweight division, we got Shane Young. He's minus 160. The comeback on Rolando D is plus 140. Now, I see a lot of confidence for Shane Young. Are you uh, on board that train track? No, I'm not. You know, I think Shane Young, you know, I think he's a tough guy. He likes to move forward, throw a lot of volume uh, with his punches. Always moving forward. He kind of reminds me of, like, a featherweight version of Brad Scott, you know, always moving forward, always plotting. The thing is, Rolando D knows how to fight well moving backwards. And I think Rolando D's uh, making improvements from his first two fights. You know, his first two fights, he fought two, you know, rangy southpaw strikers like Caceres, who, by the way, was coming off a five-round war with Yair Rodriguez. And I thought, you know, of course, the first round was bad, but I thought D won the second round with an eye closed. Unfortunately, the, the doctor stopped it. And then the second fight with Teru, 10-8, he got off to a bad start. The first two fights were he definitely got off to slow starts. But the second and third round, I thought he won. And it would have been a draw if he didn't get that point deducted with the low blow. So, you know, I think D is making improvements. And then his fight with, uh, with Liji down there in China, I mean, he moved well backwards. He sat back and landed that check left hook, the low kicks. And I think he's a, a good Muay Thai fighter, you know, moving backwards or forwards. And I think he's got better grappling than Shane Young. If you watch Shane Young on the local scene, Shane Young gets taken down 
with ease, you know what I'm saying? His grappling uh, takedown defense is definitely uh, lacking, in my opinion. So I think uh, Shane Young's going to move forward. I think he's too slow. I think his shots are soft. I think D's going to be comfortable moving backwards, and I think uh, he's going to run into something. I think D's going to catch him early, and I think uh, D will be able to hold on to the lead and land the more effective shots, land low kicks, you know, calf kicks that uh, really make the crowd go ooh and all. Check left hooks, and I think he lands some more effective shots throughout the three-round process. Uh, unless he, you know, he uh, pushes out like his debut, I got Orlando D. Yeah, you know, uh, Shane Young, you know what he's really good at? Taking damage. Exactly. And he's good at eating punches. Like, he's a fucking awesome yeah, punching tough. bag. His chin's on He'll point. Move forward. He doesn't get tired. But he's good at eating punches. But he also doesn't throw shit. <laughs> and uh, he's got a very low output for a workman. It's kind of interesting because he does have that reputation of being that guy, oh, you gas out against Shane Young and he'll tee off on you. But it's not really like that. It's just kind of like you hit him with everything, he bounces back up and he's still in your face. But he's, st- but, but he's still losing the entire fight. <laughs> you know? And uh, with Rolando D, you know, it's jobber versus jobber, but I feel like it's explosive jobber and Rolando D versus workman jobber. And Shane and Young, and when we talk about Workman, we need someone to gas out in that second and third round for the Workman to take over. Yeah, Rolando yeah. is the opposite of that. Rolando actually is a slow starter, and he goes on to win the second and third rounds of his uh, UFC fights. So it's going to be interesting. I I kind of agree with you that I can see Shane Young running into a lot of strikes here. And real quick, can you address this whole Rolando D retirement thing? Oh yeah, so he didn't retire at all. So before his last fight with Luigi, they had actually cut him. And, you know, he was bummed out. He was like, man, I can't believe my UFC career is going to end like this. So two weeks before the event in China, they call him saying, you want to fight this dude, Waligi? And uh, he took the fight, and he had to cut him out of weight. That's why he missed weight, and he still won 30-27. So it was a great fight. I think Waligi's very underrated, and, uh, you know, I think uh, Orlando's making improvements. Yeah, I feel you. And uh, Shane Young, it's funny because you look at his physique before that Volkanovski fight. You're like, damn, this motherfucker's ripped. Then you actually watch the fight. You're like, dude, he didn't a, do anything. He's a three. He's a punching bag. I know he went the distance with Wang Guan. I know he went the distance with Volkanovski. But who example. cares? Exactly. Uh, fucking end camp went three rounds with Nordin, but Hot Chocolate got knocked out by Nordin on the first kick. But what happened when those two fight? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you know. yeah. MMA math does not mean a fucking <laughs> thing. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Orlando D for the upset. Now, next up in the UFC Bantamweight division, we got Felipe Sertanejo Aranches. He's minus 115. The comeback on Song Yadong is minus 105. Now, uh, is my boy uh, Felipe going to find a way to fuck this one up too, Shaq? You know, I think Felipe is the better fighter for sure, you know, across the board. The thing is, I don't think he has the effort. Uh, that's why he's a 500 fighter. You know, I made a comparison to say, you know, he's the Courtney Casey of the of the. Uh, Bantamweight division, you know, this guy's super spotty. He's got all the skills. I know he can stuff the, t- the stuff the takedowns. It's just that there's no effort. It doesn't have anything to do with him uh, fighting Andre Feely or Goyito. The reason why he lost those fights was because those guys out-hustled him. They wanted it more than him, and they had the initiative to, you know, seal off the top position, and he kept going to his back, and that's plain and simple. The Goyito fight, I mean, he had a guy on one knee, you know what I'm saying? All you have to do is take a step back. And, you know, kick that low kick, especially for a veteran of certain age who's been in the UFC for, you know, how long, which leads me to believe that this guy, you know, maybe just doesn't want it, you know what I'm saying? So I think uh, Song Yadong is a fraud, firstly, but I think Song Yadong has effort. I think uh, Song Yadong has good reversal. I think he can get on top. We know Felipe loves to go to that back. We remember that Jared Sanders fight when he was supposed to smoke Sanders, but what happened? You know, he did pull off the armbar. He still finished him in under one and a half. 
He laid on his back for the entire fight. This is what he consistently does. He's the Courtney Casey. He could have a fight in his hands and still give it away to you in the late rounds. He had Goito on one leg. Him and Andre Feely. Andre Feely was also going for stupid submissions. But guess what? When Andre Feely realized there was one minute left and, hey, let me get a takedown, guess who went to their back? Certain Asia. You know what I'm saying? Guess who stopped doing the stupid submissions? Andre Feely. So I'm going to take Song Yudong. I just think that Certain Asia is going to have, I think he's going to be fucking Song Yudong up. And then I think he's going to go to his back at the end of his rounds, just like he does every fight. That's why he's 2-5 and five when fights go to decision. That's why he's a 5-5 five and five fighter. And that's why we refer to him as a 500 spotty fighter. You don't know what you're going to get. I think he has to finish this fight to win. You know, if he pulls off his armbar or his flying knee, you know, congratulations. But uh, I think, uh, as we can see with these 5-5 five and five guiders, these 500 fighters like Cannoneer, like Casey, like, they're starting to fizzle out. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to go with Song Yudong. Yeah, you know, the question here for me is, uh, how's my boy Felipe going to let me down again? And, and you know? firstly, Song Yudong ain't no fucking 19 years old. Song Yudong's like 25. That's a complete bullshit. And I think uh, if he was 19, he's very experienced for a 19-year-old. And the guys that he lost to, um, especially the Russian, I think I'm not convinced Felipe would beat that Russian either. That Russian was pretty solid, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, I just think uh, Felipe has a big effort problem. Yeah, you know, when I die, I want Felipe Cerdanejo to lower me into my grave so he can let me down one final time, you know what I'm saying, Shaq? But, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Felipe Aranches. I think he's one of the most talented guys in that weight class. It's just that, you know, just like I said, talent. It's not a hard work beats talent when talent refuses to work hard, Shaq, you know? And we're hearing reports that uh, allegedly sometimes he doesn't like showing up to the gym. Yeah, he, but his back's up against the wall true, for this one, true. and he's got to drop to 35 for this one again. Uh, so I'd assume that he's been training his ass off. Two I two see. losses in a row. <laughs> two losses in a row. He definitely needs to get this win. Uh, it's just uh, certain Nejo is that kind of guy. Damn, it's raining really hard over here. Certain Nejo is that guy that will dominate four minutes of a round, and he's got it in the bag. And then uh, he'll go for a flying knee and get taken down and uh, lose the rest of the round and lose the fight. So it's like, man – How's he going to find a way to fuck this one up, too? Because he's way better than Song Yudong everywhere. It's just uh, somewhere along the way, he's probably going to find a way to fuck it up. But, you know, I'm going to go with my boy, Felipe. I think that, uh, look, Song Yudong is good. I think he's got a bright future. I, I agree he's not 19. He's probably more like 25. Uh, and he actually looked way bigger than Felipe uh, when they faced <laughs> off. So I'm kind of like, oh, man, maybe Song's going to whoop his ass. But, uh, you know, I pick Felipe every fight, right? So uh, I'm going to continue <laughs> that trend, and we'll see what the hell happens. Right, Shaq? And next up in the... F a bantamweight division as well. I thought it was featherweight, but I'm wrong. We got Peter Yan. He's minus 470 to come back on Teruto Ishihara. It's plus 375. Now, uh, I know uh, my boy Peter Yan has only losses to Magomed Magomedov. So when, and, you know, I never heard of Magomed Magomedov, but between you and me, we know exactly how good I'm Magomed is. If his name is Magomed <laughs> Magomedov, I know exactly how good he is. I know exactly what kind of game he brings to the, the table. Is, some of those Russians are fraud, like my boy Ankalaev. You know what I'm saying? So... Uh... <laughs> we don't got to bring up Ank alive. <laughs> like Sultan Ali. <laughs> yeah, Sultan's tough, bro. But, uh, you know, you think, uh, look, this is one thing I got to say about Peter Yan. Even though he's inexperienced, at least the experience he has had, high it's high level, and it's been on a good stage. ACB is a great regional scene. 
to get your feet wet because uh, you know they don't do favors for anyone uh, yeah, in ACB. You had to fight Magomed, uh, Magomed Magomedov. <laughs> so uh, you know what I'm saying. He's already been in there with some tough dudes. Uh, now he's in there with Taru. Uh, Taru uh, couldn't even beat Gray Mandard in 2017. <laughs> so uh, what's your opinion on this fight, Shaq? Yeah, man, I thought Taru actually made improvements in his fight with uh, Teco Quinones. I thought uh, Teco took that fight in the last two minutes, but we already know the the type of point fighting that my boy Jose has. So you know, I think Taru's making improvements, but like you said, uh, the guys. Uh, he's a fraud you know he's gonna i think he's gonna come out and make things very interesting in the first round we know he likes to come uh well he dropped uh Teco in the first round he uh dropped orlando d in the first he's got round. great pool counters yeah, so he's I gotta got, say. oh he can slip and rip early you know what i'm saying like the kid can strike early the thing is what happens when you survive that quit 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 you know what i'm saying every time so he quit against orlando d Teco took that fight from him. Gray Maynard, you know what I'm saying? The kid is not mentally Arthur. tough. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, the kid's just not mentally tough. If you push and you lean on Teru, he'll wilt every single time. Pugness back in the day, I mean, this is just facts. So, you know, I think uh, Teru's going to get Sasaki off Sasaki back in the day. Yeah, I think Teru's going to get off to a good start, but I think Peter Yan's going to break him slowly. Tanaka back in the yeah, day. So I think, uh, <laughs> I think Peter Yan's going to break him slowly. I think he might lose the first round possibly, but probably not. And then uh, I think Teru will break and, you know, will lay on his back and Peter will win a decision when he, so he's got to look out for uh, for those pullback left counters because uh, Teru uh, hits very hard with that left hand but I think if Peter Yan avoids that early storm I think he can come back and you know win the decision potentially finish Teru late but uh, most likely win the decision so I'm going to go with the big favorite Peter Yan here Next up in the UFC welterweight division, we got Li Jingliang. He's minus 335. The comeback on Daichi Abe is plus 275. Now, I understand why people took the shot on Abe because you got two strikers in there. Li, uh, his, chin, uh, <laughs> his chin ain't what it used to be. I'll tell you that right now. That Jake Matthews fight was very alarming. But that being said, there's a massive experience difference here. Daichi Abe, he's had less than 10 pro fights. He's had less than eight pro fights. He's taken on a guy that's had more than eight UFC fights. Uh, but... A fight's still a fight. There's still four-ounce gloves, and uh, my boy Daichi Abe has been putting in work with Dwayne Bang Ludwig, so who you got? Yeah, you know, that's a good factor. You know, Lee, um, his damage meter was definitely getting up there, but this fight kind of reminds me of, uh, like, a Luan Chagas for Saeed, even though both of those guys were coming off wins when they fought. You know, I feel like Daichi Abe could have probably got, you know, a lesser opponent, but they're feeding him to a, you know, a guy that was on a run coming off a loss. Um I think Daichi Abe's got nothing to lose in this spot, so I agree with everyone that took the shot. I think it's a 100% dogger pass. You're going to definitely uh, find out how Lee's chin's holding up. He's been dropped by Bobby Nash. He got wobbled by Camacho, uh, Keitaro Nakamura. I mean, he gets dropped a lot. Um, the thing is, he's resilient. And he comes back, and his recovery time is you know second to none. So I, I do expect Daichi to wobble him at some point, but I think uh, Lee will uh, lose that first round, but then come back to... Uh, <laughs> but uh lee i think uh lee will you know come back to win the next two rounds kind of similar to you know daichi's fight against uh luke juma um you know that was just a young mistake you know that happens to a lot of young fighters those things have to happen to them you know for them to get better so i wouldn't be shocked at all if daichi uh, came out and pulled off the upset um Actually, I'm going to take Daichi for the upset. I'm going to change my pick. I think Daichi is going to uh, catch him at some point. I think that work with Dwayne Bangs is going to pay off, even though my boy Dwayne Bangs probably going to get half his purse. But, uh, and some peanut butter. <laughs> and some peanut butter. But, uh, you know, I think uh, that decision is going to pay off. I think he can uh, catch him early with a slip and rip type thing. We know Lee is very open to that left hook. Um, he runs into a lot of shots. And, you know, when your damage meter gets up there, man, you uh, your other skills start to decline as well. So we don't know how Daichi's going to, you know, 
know, uh, do in the clinch and the wrestling, but I think on the feet, if they stand in front of each other early, Daichi's got a very good shot at plus uh, 275. I think Daichi's got a lot of potential, man. I mean, his USC debut, he went in there against Hyung Yu Lim, beat him by decision with a massive experience deficit. And then he goes out there with uh, Luke Jumo. He got off to a great start, but he had to take his first L. He had to learn that you can't throw everything you have in that first round. <laughs> And if you can't put the guy away, you got to have a plan B. And he just wasn't ready at the time. But now he's taking on Li Jingliang. And here's what i got to say about this. There is that chance that he gets him out early. I mean, you remember uh, Nico Price versus Juban. Uh, that's you know that's kind of like one of those scenarios. But if he doesn't get him out early, I see Li, Li Jingliang breaking the kid. You know, I see Li Jingliang putting it on him hard. And don't sleep on uh, Li's striking offensively. Obviously, defensively, he's very flawed. But offensively... Dude's got power in his hands, and he's got a very well-rounded game. Uh, he's super experienced. He's already been in there with some very, very tough guys inside the octagon. So this is just another day in the office for Li Jingliang. It's just about don't get knocked out early. As long as he avoids that early flash knockout, he wins this fight. So I'm going to go with Li Jingliang as the favorite here. Next up in the women's flyweight division, we got Jessica Rose Clark. She's minus 130. The comeback on Jessica I is plus 110. Shaq, who you got? Oh, my girl, Jessica. You know, I think uh, Jessica is still a fraud. You know what I'm saying? She's still a loser. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, of course, she thinks, you know, 125 is the answer to things. And, you know, it was in January, but I think it's going to get back to reality here. I think Rose Clark is getting, you know, better fight to fight. Rose Clark has that power belly, you know, the big strength advantage in my opinion. You know, Jessica I had some nice takedowns against Kalindra, but guys, Kalindra got finished in less than two minutes, you know, in her debut. Uh, I think, uh, you know, fading Jessica I long term always pays out. I think uh, if we're being honest here, guys, I thought she lost to Kaufman. The Leslie Smith fight, we'll, we'll, give, we'll give her that one. So one in if, seven. If Leslie's ear didn't explode, <laughs> Leslie would have came back and won that fight. Honestly, if you guys go back and watch that fight, it ain't as impressive. You know what I'm saying? It's some really sloppy slipping and ripping. So, you know, I think Rose Clark has the has better boxing to be honest. Even though I's a striker, you know what I'm allegedly. saying? Allegedly a striker when she gets outstruck by Sarah McMahon, Betchko Hare, and pretty much everyone she fights um, in her hometown, you know what I'm saying? So I think uh, it gets back to reality here. I think uh, Rose Clark is in her head. I think uh, Rose Clark gets a victory. I think she's uh, on the mat, you know. She did do a couple, you know, questionable things against Paige, but the thing is she was attacking from bottom, and she, I mean, you saw what she did to Paige's arm. Paige's, 27 there, so. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You saw what she did to Paige's arm, and Paige is unpredictable, even though she's, uh, you know, a tiny little Paige's girl. got way more heart than Jessica. Exactly. Paige will never quit. That's, what, that's one thing yeah, I said. Jessica so, ain't willing to die, Exactly. Man. Jessica ain't willing to put that uh, that chin, as my boy T-Wood says, put, the, put your chin on the treadmill. So, <laughs> so uh, I think Jessica is super chinny. I think, uh, you know, I thought she was able to bail herself out against Kalindra with those takedowns. And even when she got the takedown in the third round, when it was one-to-one, -one, she let Kalindra back up. She tried to give Kalindra another chance to come back and win the fight. But luckily, you know, Kalindra got finished by Aguilar. Kalindra got finished by uh, the Italian. So, you know, I'm going to go with uh, Rose Clark here by decision 30-27 across the board. Yeah, I mean, look, Jessica Eyes' UFC record is 2-6, and six, but between mm -hmm. you and me, it's really 0-8. Oh, so, uh, <laughs> And the thing with the Kalindra fight is, you know, Kalindra is just a fool. I mean, Kalindra rocked her with a head kick, and instead <laughs> of 
landing the two shots that are going to finish the, the fight and seal the deal, she decides to go for a leg lock uh, like my boy uh, Felipe Sardinejo Aranches. So it was kind of like, wow, you really just did that, didn't you? I really think that if Jessica Rose Clark, the Rockchess guy, I don't think she's going to drop she's back for a heel hook. She's going she's gonna to get on top of her and pound her out. Uh, you know, I think this whole, oh, Jessica is a new fighter at 25 <laughs> bullshit. Uh, I think that myth is about to come to a to an abrupt halt. And uh, I, I got Jessica Rose Clark. I think she's bigger. I think she's stronger. But more importantly, I think she wants it more. I think Jessica is a complete fraud. And uh, I got Jessica Rose Clark here at almost pick them out. Now, next up, the co-main event of the evening. Tyson Pedro, he's minus 120. The comeback on Ovince St. Pru is plus 100. Now, for me, Shaq, it's a super tough fight to call. You know I'm an OSP fan. You know I love my boy Vince. And, By the but, way, my, my, my boys out there don't know. My boy Dan is a diehard Asia and uh, OSP fan. Yeah. <laughs> for as long as I've known him, he will make an excuse for those two guys. <laughs> I mean. But luckily, luckily, I don't let it mess with my bankroll, right? But, uh, yeah, I'm a hardcore OSP fan for some reason. <laughs> And uh, I also want him to lower me in my grave with with Felipe <laughs> when I die, you know, uh, so he can let me down one last time. But look, it's just, uh, is OSP going to finally put it together for the hundredth millionth time, Shaq? Like, <laughs> should I give him another chance here? Look, he's like certain Asia. He's spotty. You don't know what you're going to get. He might smoke the guy right away or he might do his typical He, he might Von Fleet yeah. choke the guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing with these guys. You really don't know. That's why, you know, I generally just like to stay out because certain Asia and him are kind of similar man they got all this talent but why does the talent keep getting wasted why do they keep choking in these big fights and making the same mistakes you know i thought osp made a dumb mistake when uh he fought latifi so latifi if you guys watch that fight if you guys really watch closely they come out and latifi comes out southpaw osp's a southpaw so he switches to orthodox and they they just keep switching back and forth until they you know stay on uh until latifi commits to southpaw and OSP commits to Orthodox, and OSP can't box from Orthodox. So, you know, if you bet OSP there, you weren't uh, preparing for Orthodox OSP. <laughs> you know, you were expecting Southpaw OSP. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. You don't know what you're going to get out of this guy. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, the spotty, uh, the spotty behavior, I- I'm sure it will continue. You know what I'm saying? I feel like these guys are starting to fizzle out. I think Tyson Pedro... It's still a fraud. You know, I know I talked a lot of shit about him before his fight with uh, Saperbeg. Yeah, Saperbeg, uh, Safarov. So, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, that's a, a, fa- a more favorable matchup. But, uh, you know, I think uh, OSP can definitely crack him. I think uh, whenever Tyson moves backwards, like how we saw in that Roundtree fight, how he got caught right away. Um how he got caught right away, I think something similar could happen here if OSB, you know, commits to moving forward. But the thing is, I don't know what OSB is going to do. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to just take Tyson Pedro here. I think he's got the uh, higher upside in this spot. I think uh, his fight with Latifi showing me, you know, that with a guy with five pro fights at the time or five or six pro fights at the time, you know, to win around against Latifi and, you know, not will to the uh to the takedown attempts i mean he kept trying to fight him throughout the whole time so you know it lets me know that the kids at least got heart and that uh he stays composed throughout a three-round process so i'm gonna take tyson pedro here i think osp is gonna start to fizzle out but i wouldn't be shocked if uh, osp you know knocked him out stiff you know uh, osp shocks a lot of people we don't know what we're gonna get you know what i'm saying it might be a first round von food so you know uh, i'm gonna take tyson Look, my fatal flaw is that i'll pick vince every single fight unless he's <laughs> fighting john jones so i'm gonna pick him here as well I mean, I've been saying for a long time Tyson Pedro's a fraud. He's had some very favorable matchups where he's been able to front run, but I just uh, I don't think he's like his uh, training partner, Tai Tuivasa, who I actually think is a legit prospect. I, I just think uh, 
Tyson Pedro, uh, you know, when you're fighting Khalil Roundtree and Paul Craig and, you know, these guys, okay, you're able to get these first-round finishes, but we saw what happened the first time he fought a top-ten guy, and now he's fighting another top-ten guy, and uh, I think Vince, he's going to be southpaw this one. I don't think I don't think Tyson Pedro is as experienced as a guy like Latifi to, you know, go out there. And, oh, yeah, you're right about that. OSB's seen a whole fucking different He's gone five with John Jones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's seen a whole fucking different level of the sport. So, uh, you know, I see... Uh, OSB stuffing the takedowns, getting the better on the feet, and knocking out Tyson Pedro. So we'll see what happens. Main event of the evening, Leon Rocky Edwards. He's minus 200. The comeback on Donald Cowboy Cerrone is plus 170. Now, uh, Shaq, you know my boy Cerrone lost three in a row before that Madero's fight. And you know Leon barely loses any fights. He's a consummate winner. But when guys beat Cowboy... You got to be top five to beat Cowboy. They typically put him away early. Uh, you yeah. know... Uh, Leon ain't put shit away early exactly. besides Seth Bozinski. Don't get me wrong. I'm super high on Leon. Uh, you know, Leon. Leon's a bad motherfucker. The thing is, you know, you know. firstly, I am picking Leon to win. There's uh, two sides I'm looking at, you know. Firstly, you know, Leon's been wrestling a lot. He's turned into an English D1 wrestler, you know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> and, you know, the fight that worries me is the Barbarina fight because, you know, when you, when you try to fight a guy with good tie-up defense like Cerrone, I mean, guys... I know Cerrone's old, but Cerrone's got doesn't have too many holes in this game. Like I said, you got to be top five to beat him. I think you know the Jorge fight. Jorge was top five at the time, hey, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, I think uh, I don't think Leon's gonna be able to bail himself out if things get hairy on the feet. You know what I'm saying? If things get hairy on the feet, I don't think Leon's gonna be able to bail out and you know tie him up and just muscle him down to the ground. Cerrone's wrestling is you know world class. His MMA wrestling is world class in my opinion. It's a guy that took down RDA. He pretty much double legs. Pretty much everyone he fights, he took down Till as well. So, you know, I think, uh, I don't think Cerrone's going to take him down by any means. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? I I wouldn't be shocked. But I think uh, anytime Cerrone has beef like this with his opponents, he gets knocked out in the first round. When he uh, fought Anthony Pettis and they had that beef, he got, you know, floored. When he fought RDA the second time and they had that beef, he got floored right away. When he fought Jorge, he got floored right away. You know what I'm saying? Generally, in these, when his, him and his opponent are going back and forth with the shit talking, things don't go his way. But, you know, I'm not sure if Leon's going to, at minus 200, that Leon's going to be able to bail himself out with the wrestling. You know, if he just, you know, smokes him with the body kick right away. The thing is, Leon, sometimes he's a little hesitant to box. You know, I know he drops about it, but Cerrone's on a completely different level. I thought Cerrone personally beat Robbie Lawler, in my opinion. I think Cerrone's world class. You know, minus 200, I, I honestly think it's a little high, you know what I'm saying? But I think Leon will pull it out ultimately. But minus 200, I'm not so sure about with the skill level of Cerrone, even, even with uh, his age getting up there. The thing is, those skills don't get away. And like I said, Leon just... Throwing him, even when he has guys hurt like Vicente, he's throwing himself right back into the wrestling. You know what I'm saying? But we know Vicente doesn't uh, like to tie up. We know uh, Barbarina's not athletic. You know what I'm saying? We, those are, you know, more favorable matches for Leon. I don't know if this one is. So I'll, I'll take Leon just because uh, anytime Cerrone has these type of beefs, he gets smoked. But uh, minus 200, I ain't so sure about that. It's going to be an interesting fight. I've. I'm very familiar with Leon Edwards. Uh, I bet him in his UFC debut against Claudio. I bet him in that second fight against Seth Buzinski. I bet him in that third fight against uh, the Polish guy. What's his name? Pavel. Pavel Palak. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> so I'm very familiar with Leon Edwards. And it's interesting the way that he's developed his style because it's, it's evolved a lot. You know, he used to be this surgical striker when he came into the UFC. Now he's like a fucking British D1 wrestler, man. Like he's, You know Claudio Silver rocked him? 
You know, Claudio Silva beat Nordine, no Leon, <laughs> and Brad Scott. No, Cerrone beat Story. Uh, <laughs> Cerrone's beat some real fucking guys. <laughs> Benson. Benson. <laughs> Alex Cowboy. Man. Yeah, he's beat some motherfuckers, hasn't he? <laughs> Jesus Christ, right? So, uh, both these guys have beaten some dudes. Uh, it's like, Leon, can, can we get back to our striking in this fight, man? Can we, if we hurt him on the feet, can we not shoot for a takedown? Because lately, man, Leon is so committed to, when he hurts someone, he still backs him up against the fence and he immediately shoots for these takedowns. And it's like, that's working. You're winning every single fight you're in. His last fight, by the way, he dominated a Dean Lister black belt, got out of that arm bar, whooped his ass, finished him in the third round. So Leon's been making massive improvements. He's just a kid. We know Southpaw's historically, for the most part, you know, except my boy Rick's story, but Southpaw's historically give cowboy fits. It's just we need Leon, if you're betting on him in the spot, you need him to, to stick to that game plan. And after you heard him standing, don't just start diving for takedowns. You got to keep hurting him because if you dive for a takedown against Cerrone, Cerrone is very comfortable off his back and he's very opportunistic too. I mean, you see him attacking for. You remember when Miles Jury took him down, and then immediately he attacked with that Uma Plata and then took his back? Like, Cerrone's a very crafty guy. Cerrone's not a guy you want to let off the hook. Cerrone's a guy that when you hurt him, you have to finish him right then and there. So if we see that out of Leon, I think he can obviously put Cerrone out in the first round. The issue I have with such a wide line is that if Leon hurts him early but does not put him out, Cerrone is the kind of guy that gets better as fights go on. And Leon, I don't want to say that... Oh, I don't want to criticize his cardio, but here's the, here's the deal. He puts so much effort into those takedowns that it doesn't matter how good your cardio is, you are going to tire out a little bit. You saw him get dropped by Brian uh, Barberena. Granted, he did come back and win that third round, so it just shows the kind of heart that Leon has. And he's a true winner. I mean, he's just a kid, too. He's a 26, and he's got a fucking serious Experience. UFC record, man. And he's he's Tumenov, Barberena, like, <laughs> Peter Sabota. Like, yeah. the dude's serious. So uh, I'm going to go with Leon here, but uh, it's going to... He has to put him away early, in my opinion. The longer it goes, I think that he gasses with that wrestling style. But I'd like to see him go back to his striking roots in this matchup. Blast that body kick. Land big straight lefts. Be surgical in there. Because the old Leon Edwards, the striking guy, not the D1 British guy. Like, uh, Man, I, I think he needs to go back to his roots in that one. But if he's able to wrestle Cowboy, that'd be very impressive. Yes, I'd be very impressed with I'd be very impressed with that. If he just smothers him, you know what I'm saying? Props to Leon. Yeah. So it's going to be very intriguing. Uh, I love that it's a five-round fight. It might, I mean, it might not even go past the first. But I love that it's a five-round fight because that's really going to let us know exactly where Leon stands. I'll pick him to get the win here. But uh, definitely we'll be paying very, very close attention. Now, Shad, before we hit up Kyle Marley for the Big Marley Minute, just got to remind them, UFC Singapore, as they know, it's going down this Saturday morning. Get that month package. Get the next five UFC events included in that month package. Get 15% off any package. Use the promo code ROCKSTAR. And uh, Max Bet season uh, is in full effect, my man. Yes, sir. And this is the best time to sign up, man. Not only do we got UFC Singapore Max Bet season going down this weekend, and you guys already know the results of Max Bet season, but we got International Fight Week coming up after that. And you know what's after that, Dan? Boise. UFC fucking Boise. Boise's the biggest night of the year. 
They don't, even, they don't even understand <laughs> what's going on in Boise. Boise. So. Just, put it, just put it this way. Everyone's fighting in Boise. You know what I'm saying? So it's the best time to sign up. Consistent money-making opportunities. And we're the guys that you uh, need to call to make your bankroll great again. Facts. Absolutely. And uh, just go look at my record. This is a serious sample size. You know, I'm not one of these guys that has under 50 bets. And, uh, oh, man. Uh, who we, has, were, we were looking at some records the other day, man. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> the records are more padded than... Uh, <laughs> But uh, it's all good, man. Uh, you know, even if you're a small better, we're taking small betters up from the ground up. We're telling them exactly how much to bet each fight. We're personally consulting them and answering every single last one of their questions. So uh, we're the guys uh, that you need to call. Go ahead and send us an email at bestfightpicks at gmail.com, and we'll get you squared away. And that's for the small betters. For the big betters, oh, uh, they don't even ask me questions. They just they get the word, <laughs> and then they fucking lay down uh, – their money and then they're very happy with the results so go on bad mma tips check out my track record best fight picks uh look at that three and a half year sample size and uh you know make come up with your own conclusions because uh, the numbers speak for themselves now let's hit up kyle marley for the big marley minute and joining us now on the big marley minute is big marley himself kyle how's it going great man how are you doing excellent uh very excited about this 4 30 a.m UFC Singapore card, and uh, I know I got the biggest Donald Cerrone fan in the house here with Kyle Marley, so look, man, you got to take that fan cap off for a second, because he's taking on the very dangerous Leon Rocky Edwards, but we know you're only going to beat Cerrone if you're a legit top five guy, so now the question is, is Leon a legit top five guy? Uh, I mean, yeah, I am a big Cowboy Cerrone fan, and I do let that biasness get my way. I pick him in every fight. but on the same side, I picked Leon Edwards in almost every one of his fights as well. I'm guessing the only fight I didn't pick him in in his whole career was Usman. Uh, so I like both of these a lot. Uh, and I'm going to be using them both in DraftKings. So I'm going to be stacking this fight most likely in cash. I think uh, overall you're going to get over 100 points between the two, no matter who wins. Uh, but I like them both in GPPs pretty equally. Uh, I could see... Cowboy getting a win, either with a knockout or a submission. And if he does, he almost always scores more than 100 points. Uh, but on the other end, Edwards has a good shot of knocking him out in the first round, which would be 100 points as well. Cerrone is the biggest name on the card, so uh, all the casuals are going to put him in the lineup. I'm guessing he'll be one of the most popular guys there is. So that makes me actually lean towards Edwards more as my DraftKings play, to be honest. Um, but the problem was he just doesn't put that pressure on guys like Cerrone, uh, that's what Cerrone has a problem with, uh, like the guys like Nate Diaz and stuff, who are going to put pressure on him, throw punches and bunches, and that's just not Edward, so he's just going to have to get that one punch KO most likely, and that makes me lean a little bit towards Cerrone at the cheaper price, so I guess my uh, my pick if I was making one lineup would be Cerrone, if I was making multiple lineups, I'd probably go with more Edwards, so if that makes sense, that's, that's how I'm going with it. Yeah, I mean, one thing Shaq and I talked about during our breakdown was how Leon has kind of changed his style after the Kamaru fight. You know, he came into the UFC, this British striker, and now he's become, a, you know what I'm saying, the Brit's inaugural D1 wrestler. So it's going to be interesting to see how he approaches Cowboy Cerrone. But the co-main event, man, Ovent St. Preux taking on Tyson Pedro. And uh, it's very tough for me, at least, to call both of their fights. You never know what you're going to get out of OSP. And I feel like Tyson Pedro isn't really proven. So which way are you leaning? Uh, yeah, I have interest in both of these guys again because they're right there in that mid-range. So, idea, I mean, I see the winner, no matter who it is, scoring more than 10x of their salary. So, I do like both guys. I'm going to lean towards Pedro, though, just because I prefer this fight to go to the ground. And if he if it does, he'll be the one most likely winning it. Uh, 
But I do have interest in both guys. Pedro will be the pick. So, Jessica I, she's making a return against Jessica Rose Clark. You already know my feelings on uh, Jessica I. Well, you don't, don't even listen to my feelings. Just look at her record. Who you got in this one? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Rose Clark in this one. Uh, I is only going to look to stand up. She has no interest in the ground. So that makes me have no interest in her, really. If she's going to win, it's not going to be a high scoring. Uh, so I would rather just go with the ceiling and take Clark in this one. Uh, I think she's a favorite for a reason. She'll probably get it done. Overall, I'm not really excited about this fight, though. Well, you know, I think she's a wrestler now because uh, she took down Kalindra Faria, right? <laughs> oh, so she's got a whole new game plan going on. All exactly. Right, she's, all right. It's a new Jessica. I know, man. you got to watch out, bro. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Lee Jing Liang is taking on Daichi Abe. There's a massive experience uh, difference here. But we know that Chinna Lee isn't as good as it once was, man. And someone's going to finally knock the guy out. It's just, is Daichi going to be that guy? Uh, if he is, you want him in your lineup. That's what I'll say. Um, odds definitely say that he won't be that guy, though. And I do think Jing Liang is the better fighter. Uh, I really just like the pace that he brings to every fight as well. Uh, overall, so that makes me like Abe more as well, uh, just because of the pace that Jingling's going to bring. He's going to put up a pace, and Abe's going to have to match it if he wants to have any chance of winning. Uh, and so if he does, he's going to probably score high. Uh, so that I do like about Abe, but I think it's a tough task. Um, Jingling's going to be the pick. How he gets it done, I'm not exactly sure, but he always goes out there and puts on a show, so he can score pretty high no matter what he does. Peter Yan's taking on Teruto Ishihara. I know you've never been high on Teruto Ishihara. Uh, I assume that trend continues here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't pick him here. Uh, his only shot really is a knockout probably. So if you think he's going to get that knockout, then he's definitely going to outscore his salary. Uh, I just think that's the only shot he has. So I'd rather go with Peter Yan. So two more before I let you go. Uh, Matt Schnell's taking on Naoki Inouye. Uh, in a way, he's never knocked out shit in his life, but as you know, uh, it doesn't take much to knock a guy like Matt Schnell out. Which way are you leaning? Uh, man, originally I was I was wanting to go with Schnell on this one because uh, I could see him putting up a tough fight, maybe keeping it on the ground. I mean, not on the ground, on the feet. And on the feet, I think he probably has the edge. Uh, but the problem is he won his last fight, and he only scored 49 points on DraftKings. So <laughs> I'm not interested in that, even at his $7,300 price tag. So I think that's probably going to lead me to fading him. Uh, not exactly sure yet, uh, but as of now, that kind of switched me over to NUA, and I'd rather just get this fight to the ground. If that happens, I think he likely gets a sub. Uh, so he's my pick. And last but not least, Olka Sasaki's taking on Janelle Lauza. I have a feeling uh, if Sasaki wins this fight, it's going to be a submission. He's going to score a lot of points. But uh, when we've seen him lose fights... Most of the time, he's gotten knocked out. So if Janelle Lauza gets this upset, I know that's going to be a an 100-plus point score. So what's your take? Yeah, uh, Lauza's only 7,200, so I don't hate that. If he does get a knockout, he's going to pay it off. Um, I think, yeah, Sasaki just has more ways to win, so I like that about him. And if he could get the sub uh, early in the fight, so if he gets that first-round sub. If he's getting the fight to the ground at all, I like that as well with the DraftKings t- uh, points. But... I'm just going to go with Sasaki because he has more ways to win. Uh, and I'm just not really too impressed with Lazo. I'm not impressed with really either one of them, but more impressed with Sasaki. I said it was last but not least, but I was lying because Jake Matthews has taken on Shinsho Anzai. Jake's a minus 500 favorite. He just beat Li Jing Liang. But 
if Shinsho has a path to victory, it is those takedowns. We know takedowns score a lot of points. You uh, you taking a little uh, flyer on the dog here? I, I think, man, I, I can't really get a judge of uh, how owned Anzai is going to be. Because he is a wrestler, wrestler, that's what we like on DraftKings. And people don't like seeing Jake Matthews at 9,400. So I think people might be taking a shot on Anzai and making that more popular than he should be. So that kind of makes me want to fade this fight. I would rather just not take either one of them. Uh, but I think Matthews is probably going to get it done. I think he'll be better everywhere. It's just going to be tough to pay off that $9,400 price tag. He'll likely need a finish to get it done. But he's my pick, uh, and that isn't going out on a limb since he's such a big favorite. Well, Kyle, that's why you are the DraftKings guy for half the battles going down 4.30 a.m. UFC Singapore. They can follow you at Big Marley 3. Kyle, any message for them before we talk next week? Yeah, man, I'm uh, writing up my DraftKings articles. I got a full breakdown going up soon at MMAOddsBreaker.com. Uh, hoping to get that out tonight. I'm going to break down every single fight. Um, then I'm going to break down from a DraftKings perspective. I'm going to say exactly what I'm doing. Uh, and then I'm going to give my pick for every single fight as well. Uh, I'm only charging $7.99, so it's worth the time, I think. It's less than the big tournament on DraftKings. And uh, I put a lot of time into it. So go check that out. Uh, I think I'll help you out in the long run. All right, man. We'll talk soon. All right, bro. Take care. And that's why Kyle Marley is the DraftKings guy for half the battle. Now, Shaq, we got to talk about the fight to watch and the fighter to watch. So what is the fight to watch for UFC Singapore? Orlando D versus Shane Young. You know, I think Shane Young is going to present a lot of opportunities for Orlando with his forward movement, and the kid doesn't stop throwing punches. You know, he's going to move forward. And, you know, I think Orlando's got a nice, exciting uh, Muay Thai style to make the crowd go woo and all with some of the power on those kicks. So that's uh, my fight to watch. I think uh, some blood will be shed. Yeah, look, my fight to watch is Jessica Rose Clark versus Jessica I. I know Jessica I is a habitual loser and underperformer, but all her fights are pretty exciting, minus the Sarah McMahon fight where uh, she just stared at her for three straight rounds. I think that when you get into a fight with Jessica Rose Clark, Jessica Rose Clark has a way of making you fight exciting, and I think uh, she will make Jessica I fight exciting when she makes her quit. So that is <laughs> my fight to watch. Now, Shaq, who is your fighter to watch for UFC Singapore? My fighter to watch is going to be Yan Zhaonan. I think uh, Asia has a, a new star on their hands coming. So, you know, I think uh, with her style, I think uh, if she gets this victory, that uh, she can be a new star down there. Yeah, definitely someone to look out for, someone we've been high on for a while. But for me, the fighter to watch is Leon Rocky Edwards because this is going to let us know exactly uh, where he stands in that welterweight division because the only guys that go out there and beat Cowboy are legit top 10 guys. And if uh, Leon wants his name in that conversation, not only does he have to beat Cowboy Cerrone, he has to smoke Cowboy Cerrone. And uh, he says he's going to do just that. So I'll, uh, I'll take his word for it, and he's my fighter to watch. Well, Shaq, we did it. It's going down. This Saturday morning, 4.30 a.m., make sure uh, you set that alarm clock or just wake up and look in your bank account and uh, oh, you see, can, see some more money. You can enjoy sleep or you can, you know, wake up to get that cake up. So, you know, uh, it's up to you. Exactly. So make sure you follow me at Best Fight Picks. Follow Shaq at MMA Genius 5 Follow our Instagram at Best Fight Picks Official. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. Hook up those five-star reviews. On iTunes, we really appreciate it, guys. And, uh, you know, we're going to be back next week for the next card and uh, going to keep killing it as always. Go to bestfightpicks.com. Go to maxbetseason.com. Sign up today. So until the next time, let's cash these bets.